Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Youth Plus Radio, where we're creating conversations and sharing stories of youth in action wherever they may be. Uh, so to kick things off today, we have two charming young entrepreneurs of rising acclaim locally and internationally, making big moves and shaking things up in their respective industries. Uh, gentlemen, tell us a bit about yourselves. Who are you and what do you do? Go first. <laughs> you, you go first. <laughs> Uh, my name is Anthony John Opondo. Uh, I'm a Kenyan. Most times people confuse me from coming from West Africa, but <laughs> anyway, uh, I I don't usually call myself much of an entrepreneur, but I say that uh, I lead a team in a in a space and uh, in a new frontier movement called Gin uh, Black Concepts. Which uh, with Gin Black Concepts, I usually it has like a, a mantra to it that concepts want it all. That means I will not limit myself to whatever the client needs, whether it's in the space of what I like doing, like events, software development, product and research. Uh, I work with an enabling team. So that is what has brought about Jean Black. So Jean Black, Jean, my middle name is John. I speak mm. a lot of French. So that is how Jean came about. Mm. I'm black. I think you can even see how black and dark I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to give a little bit of emphasis on the richness that comes with how do you accept yourself being black mm -hmm. and now concepts i don't limit myself we want to work on concepts each and every day and i think even being where i am today this is part of a new concept so mm -hmm. that is what gene black came about with nice nice beautiful uh, i should have started no 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 <laughs> pressure <laughs> pressure is real uh, my name is ian orata otsieno i'm a young kenyan as well I'm not as innovative in picking names as this guy. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I run a, a company called Afridata. Um, uh, we focus on mainly uh, customized tech solutions um, that we feel are tailored towards helping this nation and moving us ourselves forward, as well as focusing ourselves in a B2B uh, kind of engagement, so assisting businesses, linking up with other businesses. So I always say my strongest point is networking. So why don't I put a price on it? <laughs> the question is, what's that price? <laughs> uh, how, did, how did you guys get started? Because as young people, you know, we are from that age where we were told so many TRBD, Patel, Kazikama, Daktari, Engineer, and such and such. So what, what made you guys sort of veer off that sort of script that was laid before us and wanted to do your own your own thing, your own business, your own enterprise? Uh, for me, first of all, I'd like to give credit to... Before Jim Black came about, uh, for years I worked with a, a group of young, different entrepreneurs. So let me just give a little bit, like, my journey started with the UNESCO, that is a university community organization. And with that, I think I was still back in campus. So what we used to do was trying to bridge the social welfare gap that was between university students and the corporate world because the people assume that the moment you've done from four, you get to high school, uh, university, it's all about help. And no, let me tell you, help is just to facilitate you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the whole experience of how you're able to make an extra coin and survive in university was a big, a big, a big challenge. So I got myself in UNESCO after UNESCO. I came and joined a couple of other young guys, uh, which eventually it led me into getting to now the last entity that I worked for for a very long time, which is Elite Sounds. Now, with Elite Sounds, uh, 
It's a youth-based events management company, 360 Dynamic. And one of the things that we did over there was, I thank God that after going and working for an events company in Dubai, I came back, I found Elite Sound existing. The diversity that was involved, because there it was also gender sensitive, we also have female DJs over there, top DJ like DJ Listening. I walked that journey with that where she is now. Then there's uh, the other co-founder who is Martin Felix. I've worked well with him, we've done big projects locally, internationally. I'm talking about the World Under 20. We brought back the WRC in 2019. And I'd like to thank the Minister of Youth uh, Sports working with CS Amina. She decided and gave the whole mantle to young people. So all we did was working with the old guys and all that. So later on, I came and sat at a point where I was like, even in all these things we're trying to do like events, whatever builds itself from an an existing idea to the next is what we call a a concept. Mm -hmm. So that is how I sat down one day and was like, hey, why don't I go into a different space where I still can work with these people, but I can still bring an avenue of consultancy. I can still bring an aspect of data, but I thank God you mentioned that because data is everything. <laughs> the oil. So with that and Gene Black, there's something I do. I usually call it foresight, insight. Mm-hmm. Like I give you the different perspective of what you don't want to see. You see, people usually think that what, all they have to give is the good part of it, but there's no one who wants to be told. Like, let me give an example. Guys complain on social media like, hey, Safaricom, Monokula Credit, Yango Sana. Then something responds there with the Safaricom blog and tells you, boss, well, where's that credo? So it's just part of the data analytics that I'm still also doing in Gene Black concepts. So it's, uh, I would say, Gene Black is a baby, but what I've had solidly was like Elite Sound. And uh, even some of the conversations we are having about the entertainment, the events environment, mm-hmm. all has had to do with the family that I've been with at Elite Sounds. Oh, nice, nice. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, for me, um, uh, I'd say my journey has been a mixed match. It has been everything. Uh, it, it, it's been of tears, of, of laughter, of money, of being broke. <laughs> um, uh, so back then when I was in, uh, I'd say, Campus. Um, I, I, I just, I always, I always had a vision. The most annoying thing was this thing of uh, youth are the future of tomorrow. Yet this tomorrow is there, and I'm wondering, <laughs> am I youth? Kwani, what, what do you mean? No, and at that time, uh, the president and uh, the, the, the former president and the current president were running, and they were calling themselves young people. And I'm wondering, then how old am I? If y'all are young, and so. That, that that gave me a little bit of some drive towards trying to find the easiest, simplest way of creating employment for young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, a young person is not someone who has a degree or someone who has what. I'm thinking about guys who have finished class eight, probably, because you'd be shocked. Uh, over the past 10 years as a country, we've made uh, a lot of effort in terms of increasing our literacy levels. Mm. But 10 years ago, many people used to get to class 8 from 1, from 2, and that's it. Mm. And we call them hopeless, we call them every other name, and so they, they just became, and we're not talking about only the rural areas, even in urban areas. Uh, so for me, that was my target audience and to how to, and just to figure out how to sort them out and help them and just courtesy of going online, talking to people, engaging a lot with guys from different industries and different uh, countries. I realized um, there's something called data entry mm. and there's something called um, what guys are currently doing uh, called online work. Mm. 
So we formed a data with a friend of mine, uh, with with a few colleagues of mine, and so we started doing cold cold emailing and cold calling. <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest thing is that we're cold emailing and cold calling guys in the US. Wow. Really? Not, so, not, <laughs> not locally. No, no, no. We, have, we thought ahead. We thought ahead. Okay. So we started doing that. Uh, God was gracious enough. We ended up, someone came back to us. Funny enough, he was a Kenyan who, uh, who had a certain specific task, which is so easy. It's just about looking looking at some names and typing them out. Just simple, simple backend things that for them are very time consuming. But for us, for me, it was perfect. Uh, and so that's how we all started. And so we created the model where all you have to do is just have a computer that I'm providing and internet that I'm providing. Mm. And so at first, guys started off at my father's house. So you can imagine how pissed off he was. Uh, <laughs> that he, he enters in his house and he's seeing so many young men and, and, and ladies in his house, all of them just on their laptops and computers. And I'm there manning them, uh-huh, do this, do that. I'm training them on how to do it and stuff. And we used to pay guys uh, who work three, around three to six hours a day. Those days we used to pay them around 500, 300 to 500 shillings a day. Mm. And that was crazy. I mean, because my vision about it was how do we move this one person? Because if I empower you, um, that means I can empower five more people through you. Yeah. So why 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 should I just focus on the masses? I can just ensure you are perfect and you can build your community. So it was a big plan and and so we started it off and it ran for two 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 three years, two beautiful years of my life and uh, I don't regret that journey al- uh, alone. Um, that's the time I met you, Freddie. Um, uh, <laughs> when I was doing that and ended up knowing Youth Plus and I realized one of my uh, strengths in this life is knowing people and networking and so. I started another journey again in terms of uh, what else can I do. So I did engineering uh, in, in, in school, apparently. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I don't, I, I've, I've practiced it. Funny enough, I've practiced it for the first time last year during COVID. Wow. How many um, years uh, have you, you Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> don't <Whoa>. ask. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and of course, I quit after one year. So <laughs> no, I practiced it and quit it. <laughs> but you said something interesting because you said it's. You discovered what it was about you that made you or resonated with you and brought out your best your best strengths. Yes. Now, for both of you having started in uni, do you feel like what you're doing now is completely opposite to what you did in uni, or did that environment of the uni you were in did it sort of like nurture and bring out some of these little things sure. that led you to where you guys are? Sure. Like now, you see, actually, I've just remember. I think I was supposed in three words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I usually walk up. I walk with it in my arm. Mine is moments, memories, and happiness. Because it's not just about being in uni. Uh, I remember, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I usually don't want to say that it's much of my background, mm-hmm. but I, I give credit to the support system that I had. Mm-hmm. But I've, been, I've always been this curious kid since I was a small boy and everything. So what happened was, even when I was going to uni, imagine I'm going to uni to a uni where, by the time I'm sending, I'm texting guys back at home, I'm telling them that two chapels and beans, that is at Catholic University, is, is 250 bob. They're telling me, wait, wait, wait. So if I send a please call me on, I'm, I'm sending 500 bob on Monday, Tuesday, I send a please call me back home. You even feel like you're nagging guys back at home. So what started happening for me is, I, I remember even started doing, I would do term papers for guys and everything, someone pays me and stuff. Then I started realizing, ah, so there's something if I do on my own, then I can make some small money. Then those are a flip side to it. 
when I was in uni, I got to uni when I was even playing for the national team. I was a hockey player. Oh, yeah. Yes, back in 2010. You don't look like one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my first thought would have been uh, rugby. rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even right now, if my coach, uh, shout out to him, said, Gay would see me right now, I'd be like, you're a joker. Because <laughs> I, was one of, I would say I was one of the biggest talents at that time. And mm. I would wish maybe if I was given another opportunity, I would go back and teach guys how we used to play okay at that time. So what happened was, I can remember, majority of us who experienced what we went through at that time started feeling differently. We play for Kenya. We make it up to number three. That is the Olympic qualifier. You come back, okay. We're only given, I think, nine Gs. So, I remember me and a couple of my friends who were like us. That's how I ended up landing at UNESCO. Because UNESCO mm-hmm. guys were like, man, you're complaining. They're like, what's wrong? I told them, ah, man, there's something wrong here. Because you mm-hmm. see, in your head also, you're like, until you graduate, is when you get a job. Mm-hmm. And who says when you get that job, things are going to be bread and butter for you? <laughs> yeah, because... There's already that part you're looking at it. Either you get lucky, you get a job. Then there's that person who he decides and he does something different. A good example is like there's this chick I know when I was still in Risambu. She graduated from Yosayu. And funny thing, the dad had like a very huge farm of avocados. Mm. So we were staying on the fourth floor. She traveled for two months. We didn't see her for two months. Mm-hmm. And she came back one day with two lorries of avocados. We didn't see avocados, but oh. she's like, okay, uh, can you come and help me? So when she opened the backs of those lorries, it was full of green avocados. Do you know all those avocados went into a two-bedroom house? Full. Yeah. Six months later, this chick was driving. Mm. And she told me, Anto, after doing the entire thing I did, I are at USIU, mm. I don't see myself working for someone. <laughs> Let me do this. I'll get dirty with avocados. But trust me, watch this space in two years. You'll see something yeah, totally different. different. Mm. She went into a different space. That's why I agree with you when you say, like, sometimes whatever you study, like, for me, I did social sciences. Mm. The only time I practice what I've done is when I come up with something crazy. I end up getting NGOs I can work with. Like that time I mentioned to you, I was going to make solar, uh, Coca-Cola bottles with solar power. <laughs> in Seattle, That's how I even ended up... Uh, Thank God I met Obama's grandmother and everything. Mm. But the truth of the matter is, there's no young person right now whom you're going to tell that go to university, study medicine, you become a doctor. Mm. Do engineering, you love to become an engineer. No. The dynamics are very different. That, that and you have to adjust and accept. If the going gets tough, reinvent yourself. Do something different. Yeah. And I think that fairy tale has been shattered completely. Yeah. No, it has, but I, I, I think I have a flip side to it. And it's a conception, it's a misconception mm. that we go to school and these courses we are, we are told to pick are there to give me my next career choice. Mm-hmm. For me, I'd say the value of university and the value of education is the, the other skills that I get to learn. One, first of all, the soft skills mm-hmm. that I get to learn. Sure. If it's not for university, you wouldn't understand how to interact with people. You didn't know how people operate, how people work. The, uh, I call it the house of cards game in life. I mean, <laughs> you'll be sitting next to someone and this person is busy plotting your demise. Yeah. You learn those things from, from, from school and union, how to deal with them. Yeah. Number two, just simple problem-solving skills that, you, that I believe you learn in university. He had a problem. He was making 9,000 and, and playing hockey and hurting himself on behalf of this country. But then he realized uh, he needs to solve that problem imme- immediately. Mm. Not that he that problem is what really got him there, but then there are more problems that you solve, that you get to solve in, in university. So it's 
how you enter that school and how you think about it. For me, it's about going there and having an open mind. It's an important stage of life. I don't refuse, but then it shouldn't be the most important element of life. It shouldn't be your your deal breaker. We have quite a number of people who believe because they've not gone to university, then they'll amount to nothing. Mm. Then they can't apply for a job. Um, I know quite a number of people, they're even afraid of sending CVs. You tell them, send me a CV. They can't send you a CV because the first thing they'll tell you, I'll tell you this for a fact and without fear of contradiction. Um, part of my roller coaster is that I ended up being a consultant with the USAID. <laughs> Just <laughs> casually slipping that in. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you for free, quite a number of people in those rooms that you meet all they have perfected in is their soft skills. Mm. Because, Freddie, I cannot teach you soft skills. I can teach you to be an accountant. I can teach you to be anything, but I won't teach you to wake up at six in the morning. Yeah. I will not teach you to be honest and diligent. I will not teach you... Even the confidence. To, yes, to be confident. I will not teach you that. What I'll teach you is, this is how, this is how you run numbers. This is mm. how you do this. This is how you do that. So for me, it's learn the soft skills in whichever school you are. If you get the opportunity to learn them in a, in a university, do it. If you get it to learn it in the school of uh, life, Hard do it. Mm. But learn soft skills. Because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not the... I always tell people I'm not the smartest person in any room. I'm not the most brilliant. I might mm. know one or two people who help me out. But what helps me is my soft skills. Where I am today is because of my soft skills. Yeah. Nothing more. There's nothing I have tangible to show that I'm brilliant <laughs> or good. Or I deserve it. Yeah. Just my soft skills. And that, that sort of the self-belief is, is important because it's the make or break, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's just like an X factor. You know, like mm. uh, in most platforms that I've ever gone to, even if I'm told to speak to young people, I usually say this. Just assume like you're having a conversation in a mirror. Mm. How would you con- convince yourself? So at the end of the day, don't limit yourself because you don't have a degree and everything. Because you see, it's, it's only a framework that has been designed so that you can pick the best out of a pool. <laughs> yeah. But I've always been in a scenario where, I'll give an example. Uh, in 2018, I went through uh, the recruitment process of Meltwater. Mm-hmm. They were picking guys all over Africa. And funny thing happened. I remember I met guys from Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa. Some of those guys, someone was just telling you point blank, where they, bro, I haven't gone even to the uni. But if you see the way that guy is able to articulate, present himself, mm. if you give that guy air, he'll sell air. So it got to a point I started realizing and asked myself, okay, he speaks from a point, he says, that the last five years he's been under an apprenticeship. Mm. Mm. Apprenticeism is not something that is being acknowledged in Kenya per se. Mm. We are more into, you go through the normal process, you go through internship, then either you get a summa cum laude, anything, or use the next... <laughs> <laughs> Open door, you know, you get inside. You understand? Yeah. So you find that at the end of the day, the, the the environment is not enabling for everyone. It's it's like you either you make it or if if that place doesn't work for you, go and look for a different place. And that's why sometimes I've always said that uh, if you find your friend who has gone to the US, driving an Uber, driving a truck, mm-hmm. but he's able to build his mother a very beautiful house back at home, but he left Kenya with that grade A. What happened over there? He found himself. The best I can do is drive a truck and I'm still able to support my family. Do, do, can you look down upon this person? You can't. It's but provided. you find that in Kenya, you want to force yourself to wear a suit. So every, every day. Kill yourself with a tie every day. But you're not happy in what you're doing. And maybe that's something maybe later on we'll come and discuss because you find that what you're forcing yourself to do 
because you went through uni and you studied this ends up frustrating you and you don't bring out the best in yourself. Well, that was bringing me to the next thing because like you were saying, Ian, this journey of entrepreneurship, it's not, it's not the expressway. <laughs> this thing is hills and valleys, ups and downs. Over You'll be tossed and turned and until you ask yourself, who am I and what am I doing here? What, what is it that you guys... Because I'm sure there's hard times. We all go through hard times. Mm-hmm. Now multiply those hard times when you're an entrepreneur. How, what's, what's that one thing or maybe more than one thing that keeps you guys going during those difficulties of... I don't know if I'll make... Uh, not even that rent for the office rent banner rent for the office or rent where you stay wi-fi water (laughs) electricity (laughs) and this time the landlord is calling you he's like hey boss because the landlord doesn't want to know Uh this month especially during covid Uh, i think tony mentioned two interesting things um and and for me I'm, i'm a massive advocate for for those things and one it is I respect, I need, do something, pick something mm. that you can wake up at 4 a.m. over and not really feel like you're hurting yourself. Mm. For me, what keeps me going and what has always kept me going is that I tend to love what I do. That's simple. That is enough drive. Because you keep, you keep leave alone this whole idea of, uh, I know one day things will be brighter and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Those things, one day things will be brighter, but until they get brighter... But the fact that I do something I love, um, for me, it's, it's the networking aspect, it's the, it's, it's, it's the helping out aspect, it's the create, creating of new concepts, new ideas, new products, because I still believe Africa hasn't even touched the, 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 the right. surface in terms of what we can do. Agree, so if I can help others, or if I can be the one to identify these products, identify these services, and move Africa to, to the next level, then that would wake me up at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Instead of having this uh, kiosk and have, I, I, not really a kiosk, running this startup and I'm, I'm running it because I'm, a friend of mine called me and told me there's something called Youth Plus, sorry for using Youth Plus, <laughs> there's something called Youth Plus. See, we try it, but at the first event we do, we make some tunes and I'm there like, I'm in this. And then next thing you know, ah, uh, the next two events flop and whatever. So one, it's, it's, it's about um, just doing what you love and being happy about it. Mm-hmm. But then the second thing and thank you for mentioning it it's the aspect of mentorship Mm. having the right people around you not the right people around you in terms of the people who work with you but the people who overshadow you who overlook over you they are godfathers for 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 that uh if if lack of better words they will give you strong words of wisdom sometimes not words you want to hear because there's sometimes the things we go there with kiburi in our brains that Mm. this thing will work and we all know very well this thing will not work. In fact, my mentor always tells me the simplest things make the most money. Mm. If money is your objective. Because uh, also we need to appreciate the fact that not everyone is in entrepreneurship for money. Yeah. Others are there for the social change and everything else. But for me, he told me the simplest things are there for money. Please note, I have spent two weeks trying to look for this guy. Sir, <laughs> to, to shoot this idea that I've, that I've shot... Uh, to my to my people and my staff and everybody's there like, bruh, this is the next thing. And I talked to him in five minutes and he's already shut me down. And I need to be in a position where I can absorb that mm. uh, and tell myself, fine. So it's not being surrounded by yes men, but being surrounded by strong mentors, mm. good, powerful mentors, people who you believe in, people who are out there to ensure you succeed. 
not because it will make them anything else but because they will feel proud over it mm. okay so for me those are two things that have kept me going all this time just that you, you mentioned something interesting because uh, mentorship really is a two way street it's not just True. your mentor giving you what it is that you're looking for he's giving you value based on his experiences and as the mentee or the one being mentored you have to be able to receive yes so you need shock absorbers yeah, yeah. it yeah. won't be anything you want to hear by the way mm. 90% of the time. And, and you know and you know like in most cases uh I've, I've always told guys having been like I, I say I tell my I tell people every day uh who I am today this is this is a product of other people's input. True. Mm. That is my mentors that is the environment that I was able to work with in whether good or bad because remember being thrown into a problem so like a problem environment sometimes mentors would do it deliberately like mm-hmm. I remember Uh, there's a time I was doing a project called International Public Sector Organization Development, but it was about training uh, local leaders, county assembly governors. We take them all the way to Dubai and stuff. And I was working under one of my mentors. She's called Christina Njoka. Mm-hmm. And this will bring me to where we're talking about the experience of entrepreneurship journey. And I remember in the times when that is the time I knew the good and bad of cold calls and emails. <laughs> yes, here I am. been given this training module and everything you're told make it, it next thing you're given a database yeah so you can imagine you're calling a speaker of the county assembly that guy is like 50 something you you hear you're like i think at that time I was 25 or something and then the person you really want to make this person believe that there's a reason as to why you want to take him out of kenya and go and tell him that because we're in a space where we have devolution this is an environment that has practiced devolution and you need to believe that it, after five days of training I where I'm with you in Kenya is taking you over there and everything. <laughs> so one of the things that happened was when I was brought on board as a project manager, we weren't making money initially. Mm. That time I wasn't even believing in myself. And imagine my mentor is someone who can pick her own phone call and call that person and tell that person. We want because this. they are of the same caliber, worked in the same top mm. government institutions. So I remember a couple of times I failed. Mm. After failing, then one day something funny happened. I just decided and I told myself, you know, there's no way I'm going to get paid. I've not made money and everything. Mm-hmm. So I started inventing how I'm conversing. I started looking at time frames. I'm, I'm imagining this guy, when he goes to office at this particular time, all he wants to do is to read a newspaper, everything. Now, if you want to get such kind of people, CEOs, where do you go and find them? Freddie, let me tell you, you are a CEO. But credit to you there's that level you never get to in life where you're a CEO the only way i can find you is i either come and play golf with you while you're playing <laughs> golf or i look for places social social gatherings that mm. suit you that is where you go and be so i was like okay now how do we do this and i said okay fine my mentor is not willing to give me the answer to this but she knows what needs to be done mm. so at one time i decided okay i used to go for meetings on food so i told her can i borrow your car today She's like what are you going? I told her I want to go and meet someone. Mm. So I borrowed her car. I must see this. I went for the meeting. Already the fact that I drove in with this car made us it gave confidence to the other guy. Mm. But you remember my mentor was just looking at me is like okay what are you up to this time? Mm. And I remember one day I came home. I came to the office. Then I went to home and then I saw an email an approval. I'd been given almost a whole county assembly to take to Dubai. Wow. I was like do you know I saw the zeros I was like wait a minute. <laughs> so this thing is all about how you scale and you package you package sure. yourself. 
So it's just the same thing whether you're an entrepreneur or a youth who is working in any working environment. There are times when you'll find yourself things are not moving. Mm. And entrepreneurship I usually call it there. It's like a plateau zone. Mm. This is a time where you find yourself either you take a half time or you get what we call a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Breaking point is what got me to Rene. And I remember she sat down interviewed me and told me to you know one thing. At the end of the day you're the engine that runs everything you want to do. Because when you become an entrepreneur there usually two things that happen. You become you become what we call you become the source and the process. So you find yourself wanting to employ people. Now the moment you want to give up what does that mean? You've given up on You've everyone. You've given up on everyone. Yeah. So the pressure sometimes is really crazy. It can even get you to like things like psychological processes of depression. You hear like okay I came up with this crazy thing. Maybe the process that funding is supposed to because you'll find that now those are the elements. Ah these guys are told you are going to do your funding in 10 in 10 months. Maybe they give you a probation period. Your 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 project is still under evaluation. You're thinking about it again you have the excitement you're like this thing is worth 100 million shillings. You you also have the confidence you want to establish offices, you want to give people contracts. Mm-hmm. Again there's that fear okay. What if this thing doesn't go through? Will I run away from these people? So there are those those two phases of the origin half time breaking point but key thing this is what I'll tell any person the moment you wake up one morning and decide that you want to become an entrepreneur or you want to become your own breadwinner then use that word because you know when you use the word entrepreneur for sometimes you see this person invented this thing and can kill you use I usually say when you use the term breadwinner it means the moment you walked out of that door in the morning you're not going to come back home empty-handed. empty-handed the people are relying on you the same way you give employment to people there also there's the client you came up with a solution you won't wake up one morning and start telling people that you can no longer do this thing that is not entrepreneurship Yeah so it's 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 a very like you said it's a very interesting thing it, it's until you beautiful. step your foot into it you'll never know what entrepreneurship is you have to be in the no, it seems fun yes. it yeah. seems easy and, and you see it's a, been glamorized yeah. <laughs> and, and you see there's uh, I've always had this argument that even those who are successful like Elon Musk Zuckerberg even here in Kenya guys who have invented crazy things no one will ever come and tell you like this is the blueprint of what I went through even that moment he was on his in his most darkest point he will never tell you that experience he'll only tell you i worked hard i was persistent mm-hmm. then things came i usually wish someone could just sit me down and tell me ah this thing happened on this side but okay maybe there's that part someone doesn't want to discourage you mm-hmm. but personally the fact that i can say i've gone through it i'm not afraid to speak about it mm-hmm. yes Tony, you're lucky you're in the in the right platform you're in the right platform now you can tell everyone about it <laughs> don't don't tell them if uh, guys i don't know you how you're going to do this and get your feedbacks but guys you can ask him questions he won't lie to you he'll tell you the truth you know it, it, it's funny though because you see i've i've been to forums where then you, you look at someone and you're like man this guy is on forums he's doing this all these things and you're like There's a part these guys are not saying. Mm. So I, I go to YouTube, I start looking at it. There's also someone who just found himself. Let me go and create content on what happened, the parts that they don't want to People say about this. Yes. Mm. This guy disappeared for five years, then he came, came back. back. It's like true. I was watching and then I'm seeing at, at Zuckerberg used to be a workaholic. So even the whole character of him wearing t-shirts came out of the fact that he would spend 90% of time what? 
Okay. Working. So you need something easy. Remove the t-shirt, it remove the t-shirt. There's no time you'll ever hear them talking at he did a presentation in a in a suit. So that's what I like to see. Same thing on my side. I never want to give entrepreneurship the glamour that is not there. Because when someone gets into it and then they realize the, the waters are very murky. How do you mm. get? How do you even move forward? How do you how do you give up? Then wake up. Mm. Because I will not cheat you. People give up and wake up. There's that phase where either your head goes like this, and then you tell someone taps you and tells you, no, 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 Tony, hey. <laughs> the jacket, but now we're still going. You yeah. get it? Yeah. So those things are there, and we just have to accept it. But Tony, also in the in the same in the same element of mentioning about giving up, yeah. is there any wrong or any harm in giving up? That one, no, I can never answer. <laughs> 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 and uh, this is something that happened to me personally. I think there are people who, if you are to ask them about me, they'll tell you, that guy has done everything. Me, I've, I think I've done everything. I've mm. painted houses, I've done rooftops with gypsum, I've taught. Mm. Uh, there's this old guy I met, and funny thing he told me one time, he was like, Tony, there's, what, there's, there's a bridge. Whoever created a bridge, invented a bridge because he wanted to create a solution of crossing from this side to, to the other side. side yeah. Then he told me, in life, there are also bridges. bridges. Mm. Education is a bridge. Family is a bridge. Even marriage itself is a, a bridge. And he told me, if you find yourself not able to cross that bridge, remember the other bridges in? You'll never be able to solve family problems when you're poor. Let me put it that way, technically. <laughs> the only solution that will come on this side, when you go to school, do this, get a certain skill, let me not say education, acquire a certain acquire skill. Acquire skills, yes. Use that skill to make something, then you'll come back and solve this. That means when you come back to solve this problem, you're crossing that bridge. Mm-hmm. And look at that old man, and I was like, what do you mean? And he was telling me, you're bombarding yourself with things that are not going to help you. Do this. List everything that is positive, the negative. Now, look at what is positive that you can use to solve the negative. Go to school, you'll do this. Do this, you'll get this. Mm. At first, it didn't make sense. Until later on, I know now did something. How many jobs later? <laughs> Which I'm not going to lie. The jobs have quit. There's a reason why I asked that question. I know. I've been in an environment where I'm not going to lie. Like, I wasn't feeling complete. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. You're not and, feeling that sense of fulfillment. And let me tell you now, the problem is, uh, in most cases, there are no HR departments don't give you the leverage of that. You can just walk into the CEO's office or the HR's office and tell them, I'm not, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. You, you came and asked for the job. Yeah. Maybe something yeah. is just happening. You no, just, no, no. You said you can work under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me That's tell that you. phrase. You need to have a separate <laughs> show <laughs> on that phrase alone. You get this point where. They, they really want to get the best out of you, but True. it's not coming. Mm. You, you're having a mind block. On this other hand, you can't go back home and tell guys, I want to quit. Mm. Either you're, a, you're, the, you're, the, you're the breadwinner, you're the first boy. You know, the guys are looking at you. have responsibilities, expectations. Maybe yeah. let, me, let me be a devil's advocate. Freddie, you want to tell us that you'd have woken up one morning and tell us that after doing one edition of Masterclass Youth Plus, and things didn't go the way you wanted. Maybe only two people registered. You're going to say, you're not going to do another. No, you can't afford to. The, yeah, but there's that moment. You go and hold yourself in the shower. Mm. 
Pray so hard and Freddy disappeared. Me, this is the first time I'm hearing. Freddy went to the shower. I can tell you that for free. He disappeared. You come back. You come back. You come back. You come back. You come You You reinvent yourself. And I say there's no shame in... You know, the, the, there's quitting and letting go. True. Mm-hmm. But there's no shame in quitting and saying, I live to fight another. Another day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this thing is a battle, by the way. It is. As much as my shower took five years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a battle. So recuperating, mm-hmm. even just, I think, mentally more than anything, mm-hmm. is the biggest cost, negative cost of, of entrepreneurship. True. And, and sometimes daily. Yeah. Because the other day I was thinking to myself, about failure because it's never been one to be one thing to scare me or to get me to not do something oh. hey, you're lucky you're not a fastball uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> fastballs are afraid of failure yeah. the whole family is there <laughs> and something came to mind it was like failing the second time is as scary as it is because second time around it's not about whether or not you can do something it's about whether or not you can learn from true. the first time true and that learning is so personal uh, like you have to like look at yourself very bluntly, very openly, and very honestly, and ask yourself: If I did make mistakes before, uh, made the wrong steps, the wrong moves, uh, pissed off my landlord because he didn't he didn't get his rent for a couple of months, maybe even more. Are you ready to accept that? First of all, up and and then secondly, these hard truths that our mentors tell us, and even our peers, these hard truths: Are we mature enough? Brave enough, maybe even, to accept these these lessons from failure. And, and you know, there's there's a transcendence that usually comes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, bluntly, someone will tell you, like, even may use the same phrase. Uh, you tell someone, like, ah, when when you get to that platform, you're gonna change. You know, someone is telling you, you you'll become an entrepreneur. Money start comes in, you change. But sometimes you find it's it's change that is worth the survival of the business. Mm-hmm. You you stop becoming the yes man people's person, mm. uh, people feel like maybe you're a little bit strict and rigid in terms of the decisions you make. And in the, in the whole cycle of entrepreneurship, sometimes you're not working alone. Mm-hmm. Because there are usually two things here. When you give an output, output in terms of either the product, the service you give, you expect a feedback. If your customers are also not genuine with you, sustainability will not be efficient over here. Because it gets to a point, someone comes with a better product than you, put you out of the market mm-hmm. but it's just because people are not able to tell you the truth and that's why now after data comes in mm-hmm. if he's able to go and get that data analytics and tell you your entrepreneur you don't want to be told the truth but what if i come with real data from clients and come and tell you like people are feeling this way about your product mm-hmm. can you either improve or do something different maybe it's, it's because you see even the other thing i came to discover when i was doing my course social sciences some of the solutions we come up with it's just part of creating an infrastructure that mm. leads to development now. Mm. But it doesn't mean that the solutions are provided is what people necessarily needed. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we are facing certain problems. If you come up with uh, floating vehicles, you're still not providing a solution. Mm. Because when they run on the road or I float in the air, I still So there's nothing you've done over here. Mm. But if you can come up with ways that people can feel, okay, fine, whatever we are doing, can again support the government, have more money, revenues, reduce 
the inflation rates and everything. You know, you're helping everybody over here. Mm-hmm. Same thing, it comes back to, I usually call it the, the analogy of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There's the internal and the external process. When internal process is messed up, no matter what happens on the external environment, there's nothing much you can achieve. Mm-hmm. That means you can even have a shutdown. Have you ever been there? Because you find that things have happened crazy, you're overwhelmed and everything, you're trying to look at it, you're like, okay, uh, can you even go and talk to your people and tell them, okay, fine, I'm, I'm already doing a forecast, I'm seeing the next two months, there's no money coming in. Will these people accept it? Uh, again, you mentioned something. Does failing the second time mean you cannot move forward? That's why I started my own thing. I have a, I have a movement called God Got Me. Even I wear t-shirts, today unfortunately I didn't wear. It got to a point I started asking myself now, when things get hard, who is the only person who usually has my back? Mm. God. Now next thing guys have been asking me for my t-shirts, like, can you get me a six year old? I'm like, okay. So they're like, yeah, there's something about it. God got me. Because there's that time whether it's for the best of success, God had you. In your worst moment, he's the only person who had you. So I started doing, I started, I would always wear jean black, but somewhere here, I have God got me. That's the only thing that now keeps me driving. But now maybe I'll ask you now. Because you failed the second time, did you stop? No, no, no. And it's, it's impossible. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very skinny, very thin line between being passionate about an idea and being obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, treading that line has been very, very dangerous, very risky. Um, but it's a passionate thing. There's, there's, even during those five years, these days I wake up and be like, this Youth Plus thing, how are we going to do it for it to work? And five years later, we, we are finding ourselves here. Um, but no, um, for me, failure is never... Failure is never a destination, it's part of the process. It's part, part of the process. Yeah. It's a catalyst. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's a catalyst. But then I'd say, so two things. One, and, and Freddie, congratulations for saying five years. Me, I thought it was longer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think something else, and probably this will help everybody who's at their thinking process and stuff, is that the wheel was already created a long time ago. Mm. When the, whoever came up with that statement, you can never reinvent the wheel, mm. knew what he was talking about. There is nothing anybody in this table has created anew. Mm. Mm. There's nothing Zuckerberg created anew. Before Facebook, you had MySpace and MySpace. all these other crazy Spider-Man. other things. <laughs> the difference yeah. is who executed it yes. well. Right. Not about who, who did it first. You know, we always, ah, this guy will, will launch this T-shirt before me, but then he does a mediocre job, then you do a better job. God got, God got me, him, he did one <laughs> saying, picky, picky, punky and stuff, you get. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's not about uh, creating, always creating, because as entrepreneurs, we are so used to, there's a new product, there's this new idea, there's this. No, it's, it's about how well you refine something that already exists, in your thought process of how to and what is youth plus and everything, you are trying to look for the best way to reinvent uh, youth plus, but not reinvent by not creating a new will. Mm. You're just reinventing this space because this space already exists. Yeah. You are already a leader in this space, whether you like it or not. You already impacted people and everything. So for me, 
um, keywords from what he said, uh, and thank you so much for sharing, is one, the, the will was already, was already cre uh, created. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is be the best one, put the rims on it, mm -hmm. put the color on it, do everything, but the wheel will always go around. There's no day we'll have a triangle wheel. Yeah. Okay, the ideas have already been mm -hmm. done. Number two, it's about reinventing yourself, and that's what we have... Every successful person has more or less uh, perfected it. Mm -hmm. The Zuckerbergs, everybody we mention, it's always about reinventing yourself. Pitandwati, one of the first guys you brought during Youth Plus, uh, shared with us as to how he <laughs> failed at his, first of all, he went to Punjab University <laughs> with Waititu and got into insurance and failed and all that. And, and how did uh, Madison, um, not Madison, uh, Resolution Health Resolution. start? I mean, that journey for me, it's just, it's, it That's had, story it had nothing to do with creating a new insurance company. But just refining it and doing it the best way possible. He identified nobody is covering uh, HIV patients and pregnant mothers as, as a major thing, and that was it. And actually, his, uh, actually, resolution are going through something right now. Only pray because actually, even me, I'm one of the victims to it. I know he's someone who he'll find a way of reinventing. No, he will. He will. There's just as as you touched on that. There's something that has hit me. You know, this whole entrepreneurship space also. And as we are also, I don't, I don't usually like, I, I like putting a balance to every aspect. Mm -hmm. we, we get to work with mentors. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that got me to where I am is the fact that sometimes you come fresh raw, you feel very, you have that honest of waking up in the morning and making your, your mentor very happy. You get a new idea today, you get so excited. Even if it's 2 a.m., you just feel like, ah, let me just call my mentor, tell my mentor, like, uh, I have this idea. What do you, then there's that moment when you're very naive. Mm. I, really, I really want to speak strongly about this part because uh, when we ended up coming up with a project through Capital FM and the likes of Chow and Muba, Bonga, mm. Bonga, when we're doing Bonga, we started realizing the majority of people were suffering from mental processes out of having worked under mentors mm -hmm. and being in that space of entrepreneurship was mm -hmm. where you feel used and abused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. So <clears throat> I started asking myself now, how, how do we solve this? Because there's that part where someone feels, okay, you've given your all five years, 10 years. It's like you've been doing so much, but you, your mentor doesn't want people to get to you or there's, there's, uh, let me just put it in black and white. There's a point mentors stop become mentors and they start becoming villains to you. It's, in fact, it's like they even worsen you to a point. Mm. By the time your family or someone else realizes how we can pull you out of this, you're, you're totally destroyed. You're gone. Mm. So in most cases, uh, I'll, I'll even say it's, I've been there. And I think for this is a time I even mentioned this to you. Uh, I didn't leave Kenya to go and work in Dubai just because I wanted to. I was so frustrated that I looked at everything. I was like, God, I've given so much. Uh, I got auctioned. My mentor didn't want to even pick my calls. I know what I'm going through, whether I'm eating or not eating. But then I'm looking at like, what I've done so much over here. Then it got to a point I was like, I can't sit here anymore. Then I left. I get over there. I used to go for interviews. I walk in, the CEO, CEO tells me, uh, because you know that the, the, the things are different. Finally, someone is telling you, like, young man, can I just be very honest with you? You're better off in your country than you. <laughs> you sit down and ask yourself, wait, 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 what are you telling me? 
I paid a flight ticket, paid for my visa, I came here to look for a job. I will visit telling me I'm better off in my country than here. <laughs> Second interview you go, the guy is like, Anthony, why do you really leave this job? You're like, I did the job because I did to take care of my family. The guy is like, no, 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 no. All those, all those things you're telling me, those are, they, have, they look very common. Why are you really here? Until you go to a point, it's like everything was echoing. You're not supposed to be here. Go back and make your country be- better. Mm-hmm. Now, that's why I started asking myself now, how do we, if not me, help people who come out of that zone? I usually call it this zone of, you, you become, you feel like the energy, the spark is crazy, it can light a bush. Mm-hmm. Then you go to someone who, Shots at that down. time, he didn't have anything. He's an entrepreneur. He's at that plateau zone. He gets this thing. Is like, ah, this is now the spark I need mm-hmm. to take me there. It takes you. You're naive. You don't know how the whole thing happens. By the time you're realizing that everything has been siphoned out of you, and then the reality hits you. I'm telling you, I've, I'm sure you'd say, I've, I've seen young people even take away their own lives. Because some of them have even happened in the processes we have. You wake up one morning, you're like, I can go register, have my company, Agpo. Mm-hmm. You go, you get a tender. The county government tells you, you can supply this and this. You go borrow money from the bank everywhere. Mm-hmm. You even owe your landlord money. Nee, nee, nee. <laughs> Next time, you're in debt worth millions. Why do you, 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 you just feel like hiding everything? Mm-hmm. There's a case of someone, we were talking about it last week when I was in Kisumu. A young guy, who committed suicide is called Steve Audi. Audi committed suicide because he was in so much debt. Not debt because he did something wrong. Debt because he provided a solution but wasn't paid. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I know of guys who you create something crazy, you get over there, you feel like people milk the idea out of you. So the times I sit down and I say, as much as we really want to champion entrepreneurship, the, the 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 dark sides of entrepreneurship are really dark. They're really dark, yeah. very very dark. And it, it takes it takes you to have a lot of self belief, uh, a good support system, and just you know the moment you, you like you said, you woke up one morning and said this is what you want to do, you have to have the faith of finishing that thing because even this I call them sharks, muewe. The muewe don't want to be beaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll do the best, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll uplift you, but the moment he realizes you're going to beat him at the game, he starts stepping on you. you and back to, to mm. take you, but I think you've mentioned something, and, and that the definitions, Freddie, please, we need to have a conversation about <laughs> mentorship, as well as having a conversation as to how we define a mentor, because what he said, every entrepreneur will go through it. Um, for me, I'll just put some things out. First of all, some mentors will use you as their think tank. As yeah. you said, mm-hmm. others are just are not really mentors. This, uh, not every mentor is rich. Let's first of all, first, <laughs> you know, we normally assume mentors are rich people. But so, that, this uh, is not, pressure, not every mentor is rich. There's some mentors who this guy is just a brilliant. How he thinks, how he operates, how he does what, and he's happy at his at his pace and everything. Mm. Number three, mentors who I'm afraid of family. Okay, because you have this rich uncle, so he's the, he's the chums he's the chums of the family. So now. <laughs> He becomes a mentor because one, he has no other option. You hang out with him a lot. So, you know, but also, those ones for me to me CV. Then he's he's so there's a way mentors really can make or break you. Mm. And uh, 
it, it's up to you to, to bring us to bring us next time so that we tell you about our mentorship stories. But I want to be the good guy now and uh, talk about the successes of entrepreneurship. I think we have demonized it enough, um, uh, but not really demonized it. We've really just said the truth. The harsh um, realities. Uh, the harsh realities uh, from, from guys who... We, 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 we are, we are not yet there. We're not yet in magazines or newspapers or what. We are walking the journey with, with you and everybody else. So mm-hmm. we, we've seen it. At least we have enough. More than 10-year experience is, I think, enough experience for you to be able to talk about something authoritatively. But I believe there are also successes that we have uh, experienced in uh, entrepreneurship. But before we even go to the success successes, there's the element of being successful today and replicating what you did yesterday and expect, I mean, and replicating that same model and that same thing Mm. and it's not working tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you're realizing, is it me? Am I I a failure? What has... Because let's be honest, there are some things that Zuwa, Zuba t-shirt wants. So there's an idea, a product, a what, a service that just has that one bullet in the chamber. Right thing, right time. Right thing. Everything was aligned, the gods on your side that day. This was it. (laughs) And that was it. But then you try and replicate it and it fails and you replicate it seven times and you realize those seven times that you're trying to duplicate the same thing, Mm. uh, you're digging yourself deeper, deeper into a hole. You can do one event and make half a mic but then you do seven more that put in debt in seven mic. Yeah. So that all you'd be talking about is, hey, I say, Sikuzangu. <laughs> Sikuzangu. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to a master entrepreneur here and ask him, <laughs> t- t- tell us about those successes that were one bullet in the chamber <laughs> and how, how we, we probably get out of them. Because for me, um, first thing I did is that I disappeared. <laughs> After your one bullet? No, I, I hit my one bullet. It failed two times. Hey, me, first of all, I disappeared off the grid completely. And I had to ask myself, and I went, to go back, I went back to my, my basics, um, mm. reinventing myself, understanding how the wheel works, how the mm. wheel operates, and finding maybe all I need to do this time in Kwangeza Tupumzi Kwai wheel. So not, not to go all out and try to make it triangle. Mm. But then at what point do you realize that this was, your own, this, this was it? Run with it. If you didn't hack it very well, maybe you were supposed to make more than it. You were supposed to make two mic, and you made half a mic saying there's a next time. Um, and this also goes back to you know how we normally told uh, if you do if you want to do something, do it right the first time. Mm. Don't expect a good second <laughs> time or a third time or a fourth time at the next time. Next time we'll see. Next time we'll on, we'll on, we'll on, we'll it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. Like. Uh, I like, I like the analogy that is really because uh, and thank you very much for bringing us back to where we also have to celebrate the successes of uh, being in this space of entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, personally, like for me, usually say uh, first thing would be someone like my late mother. Uh, I thank God by the time she was passing away, I had already bought her land. Uh, nice. I also managed to build during the period that she was being buried permanent house and everything. So right now, if anything happens to me and my siblings, we have a place to go to. But out of this also, I usually tell people that there are people when I see it with it and say, uh, Anthony was a very brilliant guy in high school, primary. But how did he end up being this guy who is always just in an overall... I like wearing overalls when I'm busy working. I don't like that space of where I'm told to build a stage, a concert, 
So this has always been my analogy. I tell people events is like any other career. It's a science, it's an art. And when you're holding that spanner with your, you're serving a client, you're doing a profession similar to what someone who's at the bank is doing. Mm. So that means the fact that you're able to get an earning out of it, that satisfaction in itself makes you have a self of belief that there's a reason why I woke up in the morning mm. and you are a professional, not a skilled laborer. Mm. Yes. So if someone asks you, won't be a mean engineer. Yeah, mm. call yourself an engineer. Have that conviction, you're yeah. an engineer. Yeah. If you feel like whatever you did, even if it was an idea, you did a consulting, you consulted for someone, you gave someone, so call yourself a consultant. Mm. So there are those aspects where you, 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 you realize that in entrepreneurship, your success comes from not your own self. Mm-hmm. If you're able to give credit to the people you work with, mm. then that bullet will always go through. But if you want to become your own main man in everything, let me tell you, that first bullet will go through. <laughs> Either it. you make it or guys will leave you hanging over there because what will happen is the guys will maximize on the wrong you've done. They go mm. build on the positive. Next time you're looking at it, they already ran away with the idea. True. So I like to look at a space whereby if both of us, just as he did as you, we're able to first of all acknowledge that we're entrepreneurs because we found how to place ourselves in this business environment. Mm. First thing, yes. How are we able to survive? We come back to what he was mentioning. Do we create those networks that allow us mm. to be able, because you see, if you keep looking at this thing as competition, Mm-mm. then it gets, <laughs> yes, it gets to a point whereby you, you realize that you cannot even create liaison with your next person. Mm. Because remember, even when you're applying for tenders or something, there are people who tell you that you can come and apply for this job, job as a joint venture. Mm-hmm. But how many of us are usually willing to front from day one, like yo, Shikane, we do this job? Utaniyosha Buddha. Yeah, someone, oh. only, first thing, people, just start, people start looking at the negative. Mm-hmm. Are you getting? Yeah. Or what if this guy decides to go and do it alone? One, two, three, you get it. So mm-hmm. I, I've always wished that we can have those synergies that allow us that the same way I look at events management passionately. Yes, it's not what I do entirely. Mm-hmm. There are times you'll find me where I'm busy working with tech guys, thinking of softwares and everything. And that is the time I realize, eh, hey, yeah, these tech people are also very technical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, there's someone who spends 12 hours on a laptop. You're wondering what he's doing. Mm. And but you see a blank screen. You see a blank screen, you're seeing numbers, numbers. and codes, and you're like, <laughs> what is this guy doing, Yanni? You know, but the moment he's done, and then he gives it to you, you look at it, you're like, wow. Oh, you have a product now. Now, you, what do you do? You're the one who has the people's keys. You're the one who knows to go to a doctor's land. You don't sell it. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing what is happening? This guy is a coder. He doesn't know how to talk. He only talks on the laptop. He's a keyboard warrior. He gives you the product. You, what do you do? You take it, you go and... So you see, me and this guy, when we work together as a team, we're able to make money. The product, yes. So today I can say, I'm starting to learn there's a new science to entrepreneurship. We, we shouldn't just think of entrepreneurship as you, the one on paper as the business owner. Mm-hmm. But what is it that you're able to do as the person who's at the apex? True. That influences everyone who's in the environment. That at the end of the day, an earning comes on board. Because mm-hmm. if we do that, then we'll start also creating a certain wave that will make people realize that if employers cannot give us opportunities, then we can start doing things on our own. Yeah, we, we create those things on our own. 
Yeah. And it's the question of do I want to be a one man guitar or do I want to be each and every day and Freddy you're the one person who benefited the most from this thing from which thing the first time I joined when, when no me I don't even know how I got to know youth plus still today I, it, it shocks me I think I was online or something about it but my ability your ability to bring along um, that vast wealth of people, uh at at your you know you're smaller so you're you're smaller with that hanging coat i, I think <laughs> i think the the dp is the dp is uh, the dp taylor was your friend at that time oh no like notes though but then you were the real image of your network is your net worth at that time for me um I couldn't understand how this young man could bring all these top executives into a room for two hours. These guys are leaving their jobs to come. Yeah, There's no amount of money Freddie will pay them that these people will... This, these are guys earning some serious money, but then they're coming, spending two, three hours with some guys, some young people who Freddie has harassed from 4Gs <laughs> <laughs> and is serving us very good lunch yeah. uh, and, and, and tea. And, and I used to think this guy is really, really undercharging us, but uh, I'm a Kenyan. When you get a good deal, who cares? Um, <laughs> but from that, I got to understand the, the, the value of networking. And for me, I'm personally where I am because of the people who I, I associate with. It has less to do with yes-men and more to do with people of value and the synergies that you want to create the not being selfish not being it's for me trust me networking is is, <laughs> is on another level yeah but, but, but you see also if if maybe let's say if i was to ask uh, uh this whole and uh, like when you say your network is your network yes because you see uh sometimes i always say you can have every person on your phone <laughs> But how many of them will pick up a phone? How many of them will pick your phone call? Or how many of them will you come and pitch an idea to them? And then they're like, okay, fine. Uh, this is something worth investing in. This is something what we can do something in it. It's about value. Yeah, as much as it's about value, Cause, cause, I've always asked myself that question. Because for me, um, how I ended up, it's about the first impression I had with this specific individual. Yeah. And that impression uh, needs to be a lasting one. When you give me uh, one chance to sit down with uh, James Mori or, or uh, James Mwangi or, or, or someone of that caliber, I need to be able to have the right language and the right things for them to want to know more and to hear more from me. So it's about how they perceive me in terms of value. There are people who will call you who you won't pick up. Okay, right now we're talking about the James Mwangis and the whatevers, but there to, there's to some people, you are the James Mwangi. Okay. And you won't pick up their calls. So there's one of them calling you now that you're not picking. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't pick up their calls mainly because you do not see how the both of you can. You don't see the value in them. You don't see how they bring value to you. But from the first, from the first impression, if you have purely made it clear that I am here to ensure both of us benefit, and it is not a one-way issue, because everyone who's made it, me and you included, hit, uh, what is it called, one-way traffic. Mm -hmm. And that's why mentors also really get annoyed with us sometimes yeah. because, because it is one-way traffic. Yeah. I want to use you. I want to use your money. I want to use your network. 
So for them, they are, that's why they don't pick up your calls because they believe it is I want, I want, I want. But when you come and sit down and tell them, I've seen Centum, you uh, we'll just use a random company. I've seen company X, you guys are about to launch this product. Yeah. Do you know, I think this is the best way we can launch this product. I'm an event manager, by, I'm an event organizer, by the way. So if we launch it this way, and this is, uh, we'll use the same concept used with this other thing. See, that five-minute conversation has made this guy realize, okay, I think this can be two-way. I can benefit, and he can also benefit from it. But if it is just, hi, how are you? I am an admirer of you. <laughs> My God, let's take a photo. You see, he just realized these are fun, and that's it. And, 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 <laughs> and you see, mentioning that is it's something that at one time I was having a, a long argument in a panel of guys, and I was telling them that sometimes uh, value proposition does not have to be you see the fact that you're able to come, you see that five minute conversation, you've told someone that I have this idea, this strategy, this is what you can do. It only took me five minutes to tell this person that this is the strategy you can use and all that. Now, there's a time I came and realized that within that whole cycle of whether you, you've given a service to someone, there's what you call value proposition. True. There are countries who pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like if you call me to your office and you tell me, Anthony, I need to do X and X, the fact that you put me there for even one now, like you see now for you, the fact that you're able to bring all these senior executives for two hours and they're able to speak about this to the young people, the impact that they're able to give, it's not for us today to discuss how much you are paying them. But that was now, that is value proposition. True. There's a reason why someone tells you, if I'm to come and stand here for one hour, you need to pay me 350000 Then you're like, that is $3,500. One hour. <laughs> no. You mean? That person tells you, yeah, give or take. If you, if you want mm -hmm. me there, that's my fee. Let me give an, an interesting uh, version of it. Um, Freddie called you. <laughs> you, did, you did not even think twice. You're here. Yes. Freddie called me recently. I wouldn't even say which day because it will look funny and embarrassing. <laughs> okay. But if Freddie calls, we pick up. Why? The value propose the the value that he gave us the first time we inter we, we we interacted with him, and the people, the people in my life and the people in those people's lives who they'll shut down their lives for because of them, not because they make the money or whatever whatever whatever, but yeah. because they see value in you, mm. and it's it it doesn't really have to be also business related. Uh -huh. As I said, not yeah. everything is money related. I'm sorry, Kenya is a cap yeah. very capitalist country, um, but not everything has to be about money. That's a common uh, misconception. <laughs> People think value is always monetary. Exactly. Yeah, but you see, there are aspects where even as entrepreneurs, we're seeing it happening. Mm -hmm. As young as I am, I know of other entrepreneurs who, even with the same business environment of events, we, we capitalize on butter. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you find that today I have an event which I'm doing, mm -hmm. but I know very well the client is not here to pay me and I need this kind of equipment. Now, because I'm the only person who has this equipment, what happens? I know very well one day you get an opportunity. Maybe I took equipment from you. Uh, we, we do conversions now. Okay, how much do I owe you on this? How can we do the reducing balance to this? So that's also a strategy we are trying to use. So that at the end of the day, it's not like we are building a monopolistic environment. Because you see, if you focus on you being the one-man guitar, that because you own the equipment, you're the only person you want to hog the, the, the whole environment. Like, like mm. you too. So even I remember in Two weeks ago, I was having a conversation and I asked someone, if I am company X and I have a concept, a strategy, my execution plans are usually on top professional. You, your company, B, 
you have equipment. We go, you sit before a client. Is it fair when a client denies the opportunity to me, who has the ideology, just because I didn't have equipment? And they say, it's a one-stop shop. It doesn't become fair. It gets to a point where this person starts feeling, okay, fine. Why did they wake up one morning, register a company? So uh, I was telling these people that you need to create a balance. Sometimes when you know very well that this person has a strategy, why don't you do this? Find a way of making him be able to work with the person who has the equipment. There are ways those things usually can be done. Or if he comes and says, I can bring the equipment. Don't start meddling and finding out how is he going to bring it. Is he going to... Maybe now, I know Mzenani. I know how I'll come and talk to him and I tell him, I have this event I'm doing. Can you support me with this equipment? But um, I'll be able to pay like this and this. So you agree on whatever it is. But it doesn't become fair now if you, as a person who gave the job, again calls him and tells him... Uh, there's a guy we've, we've given a deal over here, but we don't feel like he'll be able to, <laughs> to, to fear maybe, you know, this and this. Do you know what will happen? By the time I get to him, he'll tell me no. Then what does he do? He goes and gets the job. So those are some of the... I, usually sometimes when I sit down and I say, wow, this thing is crazy though. But I believe that where we're heading to, guys are waking up, guys are like... True. We, we, you, you can't just do this thing on your own. Yeah. Let me ask you guys, what, what do you see as next for you? Because we've all admitted we, we're all on this journey. Uh, we might be in different tangents, different means of transportation. Some of us will get there walking, others will use a bicycle, others will fly. But we're all heading towards the same direction. What's, what's that next, what does that next step look, look like for you guys? For me, uh, let, let me let me start like in what I've majored in, which I'm passionate about. Uh, I think this is 2022. This is 12 years now professionally in events. Uh, what I really want to see happening next is it's like I want to challenge myself. I want to start tapping into young people and telling them like events is something that can you can take it up as a profession. It's, it's something that if your normal day-to-day -day job doesn't really work for you and you're crazy about events, mm -hmm. you can come and do this thing and you'll still survive. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're the, you're the missing part of what you've been looking for in this environment. So and at the same time, I'm still very passionate about community development projects. So my idea is to see how I can do what I do every day as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but use it to impact the community. Uh, see how I can change lives with it. Uh, because as much as sometimes I want to like turn my back and just focus on the entrepreneurial part, on how the business environment is just about profit and loss, there's this part that I just feel like I have a duty and a call to serve my community, whether it's through philanthropic processes, whether it's tapping into the same corporate people and coming and seeing how we can find other young. Because I usually say the back doesn't stop with me. Just the same way as I'm good as I'm what I'm good at in business development and events. There are 10 other young people out there, but the only difference is we don't know how to get to them. So that is what I really, really want to do. I want to start doing different type of events that makes me tap and makes me able to work with other young guys. Yeah. Interesting. Um, for me, I want to 
really leverage on this whole global community aspect. Um, I feel there's a lot that as a country and as young people we're not tapping into because we are fixed on this cocoon called Nairobi or fixed on this cocoon called, um, I don't know, like I, I look at these hypes, <laughs> look, um, our generation is, is addicted to hypes. I mean, today it's betting, tomorrow it's Forex, the, the day after tomorrow it's Bitcoin and the likes. Yeah. It means people are desperate, people are hungry, people are, and we are tapping into the global aspect of life, but in a, in, a, in a very wrong way. I have no problem with those things that I've mentioned, but I do not see the sustainability of them in the long run, and I don't see the value they add to the community in the long run. But there are more effective ways if we try and challenge ourselves, if we try and look at partnerships uh, in, in different markets, uh, in, in different African markets, in different markets in, in the other worlds. Third worlds, especially, um, developing worlds, sorry, uh, countries especially, that I feel we can be able to tap in. Because the beauty about being in a developing country in the age we are right now is that we can not repeat the same mistakes first world countries made when they're at our stage. If they made mistakes in global that got us to global warming, and that's how they got to become uh, first world countries, we can change that. We can get to become first world countries without being a mess to our environment and such. So for me, that is just looking at the whole aspect of how to globalize my, my, my city. Um, second of all, it's to go back to my roots, um, where I started, and as I mentioned, where, how do I create value? How do I create employment for the young people who don't have, the, the hopeless ones, um, uh, the ones who don't have the degree, the ones who don't have the certificates, the ones who even have the degrees, That's but so are still being told you're the future for tomorrow. Okay, so for me, it's going back to that to that base core, and that's where my love for entrepreneurship started from, and trying to figure out the best way of doing it. And I have seen the power of youth groups. I have seen the power of um, how young people can come together for a common cause and how perfect it works. There's a lot of success stories, and unfortunately only NGOs have perfected writing those stories. <laughs> Um, uh, but there's a lot of serious success stories that have come from groups, uh, uh, grassroots groups of things that they're doing that, that are crazy and, and, and out of this world where you hear five of them started doing some funny, some, some job over there. And out of the five of them, they saved enough to open a car wash for the community. And that car wash, uh, grew into a bakery and that bakery grew into a what, and eventually that whole community there's nobody who lacks anything. And you see, for me, if I can change the mind of a young person, trust me, I can change the mind of your mother, I can change the mind of your father, I can change the mind of your siblings. If I change all those minds, then the decisions we're making as a country will be a, a lot more better. So for me, it's looking at things in that way. And, yeah. and maybe just one more thing that I, I think I didn't mention at that particular time is... I actually enjoy what is happening today. You see, one of the things I started doing previously, even when I was in Dubai, when I was in Kenya, when I was doing events, I never used to like make people experience. So currently, um, I'm working in partnership with a group of young guys. They're called Infinity Genio. Uh, there's a young guy called Gift, there's Ian. So we are currently developing 
what you call artificial reality apps for events. Mm. The reason why we are doing this is we want to tell stories, we want to give people experiences because you see, uh, whether I fail or I make it through an event, mm. I want someone to have felt like they walked that journey with me. Mm. So that if, if we laugh, we are like, ah, you know, maybe the reason why that <laughs> event wasn't a success was because where people are guys are telling you, uh, why don't you do this? You insisted on it. You get it. So mm. the reason why we want to make it an all-inclusive journey is just the same thing we're doing here. We, we're telling stories. Uh, I came to realize that when you tell stories, you empower. True. When you tell stories, you impact. When you tell stories, you see the other side of, of, of things that you are not able to see. And uh, that is what I want to take down even back to my village. Like when you go back to Kisumu where I come from, they call me a DJ. I'm not a DJ, but... <laughs> The fact that they usually see sometimes I come in with DJs like from elite DJs, uh, we do what we do with elite sounds. Uh, I wouldn't blame that young kid who sees me as a DJ because there's a reason why, as much as I want to change his mindset, like Usinione Kama DJ, he's so happy to see me as a DJ. He's, he's, he's like, you're able to do this, you can drive a car. And I'm like, okay, fine. If that's what you think, then me, there's something I'm seeing. That means there's passion I'm seeing in this kid. This kid wants to play music. This kid wants to become a DJ. So it's just the same thing. I'm, I'm, I hope some of these stories, as we continue doing what we'll do, even if I continue doing working on my journey as an entrepreneur, the government will listen, the people will sit back there at home, uh, other mentors, and by the disclaimer, I'm not against mentors. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> uh, they're able to realize that at the end of the day, if we are able to work through this thing together. I think Kenya, Kenya is, Kenya is going to be the biggest thing in the next couple of years. That's one thing I know. Man, I, I really enjoy having you guys. Every, I think every conversation we've had has been very, very real <laughs> and very reflective. And honestly, with all, all the people that I've met through Youth Plus, that's the one thing I've, I've really appreciated. Um, there's a sense of honesty and also, like you're saying, about sharing stories. The, the, the scariest thing about this journey of entrepreneurship is thinking that you're alone or you're going through something terrible for the first time. Uh, that fear of, who can I turn to for help? And as peers, there's so many of us who have experiences from different walks of life, different fields, um, both successes and failures. And just sharing these stories makes you realize, by the way, I'm not alone in this thing. People are also going through what I'm going through. So if they can make it, I can make it, make it as well. Now, let me ask you. Who did you turn to? Who did I turn to? Yeah. During failure. Whether it was failure to what, success. What failure? <laughs> no, we've the, been, the five we've years been, I was in the shower. We've been playing, we've been, we've been yeah. playing with you each and every time yeah. mentioning failure, but like, you, you didn't fail. In the eyes of everybody who experienced it, you didn't okay. fail. Maybe your bank account <laughs> failed, but you didn't fail. But, uh, well, let me say, in, by failure, I think my, my vision of what I thought it achieved wasn't quite accomplished, but mm -hmm. also at the same time, at that age, I needed to learn to temper my ambition, not not decrease it too much, but just manage it um, within Certainly. the bounds of reality and what's capable within a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, I turned to faith. I turned to my family. Uh, I turned to mentors, people like Peter. Um, there's a lady who really was a, a true force behind those dark days and me pushing on with Youth Plus uh, named Anna. She, Turn to her as well, um, and also to you guys. Just even if I was, I would run into you randomly. Yeah. Hear what you guys are doing. I'm like, 
we were actually helping people. We were doing something right. We, it was not making fiscal sense, but there was still that impact. Um, and those those small moments just make you realize, because I think one thing that's common with all of us is that element of, of paying it forward and giving it back and trying to sort of inspire and empower. And, um, and those and, moments and, and are powerful. That, that, that whole thing of, because I think I can even see it in you and in me, you, you'd want to give more mm. than you can receive. Mm. True. And by the time you, re- you realize that, you've given more than you can receive. <laughs> you, mm. But anyway, it's, 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 it's amazing that you say you turn to faith and the people who are around you. Like for me, mine was faith, and then I started telling myself the truth. Mm. Not just the truth, the truth of the truth. Because I stopped looking at the successes of uh, the ones I've given to people then. I remember whenever I would ask people, the guys would just face me and tell me, Tony, do you know that the problem with you is what? You've done everything, all, but all those things have never been yours. For once, can you just sit down and start? And then I'm like, hey, how do you do it on your own with no money? I'm not going to cheat you. My biggest fear has been how float, I call it float. So the days I sit down and ask myself, okay, fine, should I shut down this idea because I don't have the money or anything? But then I go back to faith, just as you mentioned. I tell myself, okay, fine. If I have the hope and the faith and God got me, that's the same way. I woke up today in the morning and I was just excited about uh, whatever it will be. God tell my story. Uh, and he's also happy to know that Freddie is out of the shower. You and me both. And my God, and, and Freddie, please continue. One of the biggest challenges we face in Kenya and in Africa is... We don't tell our own stories. Um, there's a there's there are quite a number of communities that are trying and, and group of people who are trying to tell the African story the African way, because there's this big misconception about Africa and and entrepreneurship and Mpesa only being the only thing that we can only produce, and and, and those kind of things. So, so thank you for this platform and please continue giving us uh, this opportunity for us to share our story and for us to tell our story own way for people to see it that way and uh, we see how we see how how the rodeo goes and no you did not fail the, you you just took took an interesting break no, something, that, uh, <laughs> something that something uh, that now that you're all talking at what you turned to there's a shot of adrenaline and steroids i used to give myself uh, that I had to stop. Um, it's this thing. I hope of, you mean figuratively. Uh, sorry, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when 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 you're down and when you're feeling low. So I I used to go online and uh, listen to these um, not not prosperity uh, ministry people, but these guys who oh I you know these short clips where someone tells gives you boosting and motivational kind of things and you feel good about yourself only for you to realize tomorrow that that guy is in another world and. He was just telling you things to, to make you feel good. So once you get to a point where you tell yourself the truth, you be, you start believing in yourself because there's something that out of all these, and and I'm really grateful you brought uh, Tony here, is because he's taught me and he's just proven to me that entrepreneurship and life, Paul lives is for those who take it. It's for the bold. It is not about what you fear, because trust me, 90% of the fear time I fear everything. I fear waking up in the morning because I know the fact that I open my eyes means money is leaving my pocket. I want to get to a point where I close my eyes and money is coming into my pocket. 
But these days I open my eyes and, and, and that's what people don't tell you when you become an adult is that every time you open your eyes, that is money leaving your pocket. The joke I tell myself with the, the people around me is that every time you leave your house, that's a thousand bob that you have to, that somehow you spend in this economy we're living in. You just leave your house like this, it's a thousand bob that has left. And so you have to be bold enough. You have to take it. You have to be ready to go the extra mile. And the extra mile isn't really what people think. The extra mile is just willing to tell people, I'm sorry. Willing to tell people, thank you. Willing to call mm. the, one, the one person who you feel, but you see, that's boldness. Boldness is not about waking up one day and saying, I'm opening a company. Boldness is about, and, and men, unfortunately, go through this a lot, is about telling people, I need help. Mm. And... Entrepreneurs have to do that. You have to wake up and tell your peers, people who you are uh, busy uh, telling people, you know, you can, be, you can be busy out here driving and whatever, you need to be in a position where you tell people, yeah. I need help, mm. before you actually go down the drain and get auctioned and everything. So, and, and actually, that's, that, that's, that's <laughs> a, the literal aspect of what I refer to as the truth of the truth. Mm. Yeah, because you see, there's that glamour we put outside here. We're like, oh, I can do this mm. and do that. But you literally find yourself you're struggling. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that my last two years, I've been finding more joy in teaching. Actually, let me use facilitating, like <laughs> showing, like being able to see someone come out of, I don't usually call it the ghetto, but I call it the school of hard knocks. Mm. And then he comes and tells me like, this guy's never gone to any journalism school, but the way he handles a camera, the way he does everything, you're like, wow. Then he, he's like, Anto, see, like I can even register my own company and everything. Mm. Then I sit down and I'm like, wow. So this guy wants to become an entrepreneur. But I don't feel jealous about it. My joy is we came, we had a sit down. I, I, I've done a project with him. We've even shot like a whole event. But he still calls Ben. He's like, I'm not even supposed to pay him some small money. But he's like, Fanyevi, Shikilia Katao. Then next week, we have to Fanyengine. Hold on another one. Then you'll show me how to register a company. So it, it already tells you that there's, there's already something happening on mm. the side, you as an entrepreneur. There's effort. That means even us as entrepreneurs, we need to realize one day we'll stop being entrepreneurs we become mentors. Mm. Good ones. Yes. Very good ones. <laughs> Thank you. Man, I think that's a good place yeah, to end it today. You guys have been fantastic. If you can give the guys watching your handles, either your personal ones or your business ones, to follow you, keep up with your journey and, and tag along where they can. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, personally, myself, I'm a very versatile person. So if you go to, I'll start from LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, you can find me as Anthony John Opondo. Uh, I handle a lot of stuff over there from trainings to, like I mentioned, to events. Uh, my social media handles on, let's say, Facebook, Instagram, I am Tony. That's it is. I underscore am underscore Tony. And uh, I think... It's been nice. Uh, these conversations are still going to continue. If you find me on social media, I'm still going to be talking about how we want to impact the young people and give a big shout out to Youth Plus, Youth, Youth Plus Radio. Uh, thank you, Freddie. I hope to see more of this. And my brother over here, Afridata, it's been amazing <laughs> chatting with you. So I'm also going to make sure I look for your social media and follow you as well. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, so first of all, thank you, Freddie. Thanks for this opportunity. I mean, it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it's interesting, you started off alone, 
with the small team and now you can literally call people <laughs> who you started the journey with as your clients, uh, as your brothers and as your friends to, to come and, sure. and, and, and pilot sure. this with you. So great thanks to you. Thank you for the resilience. Uh, we keep on cheering you on. I always tell you when you run for president, <laughs> I'll be your chief of staff. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yes, Youth Plus has, Youth Plus made an impact to me. Um, I, I, we are still the youth, but I think the, the, there's that age group where you're between 18 and 25 mm. who really lead uh, Youth Plus. Uh, and I think this is the right uh, platform for them, especially as they start their entrepreneurship uh, journey. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, on social media, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Iano Tsieno, uh, on Twitter, uh, what's O-W-A-T-T-Z. Yes, I think I closed all my other social medias for my own mental health purposes. <laughs> Imagine I'm with you right now, I'm only on LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, mental yeah, health yeah. is real, man. Uh, we didn't get your cameraman's name. Uh, oh, big, yes. big shout out to you. Steve. Steve. Thank you, Steve. Steve. Big shout out to you. Yes. Uh, guys, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us at Youth Plus Africa across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, that's been our show for today. Gents. I'm humbled. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Stonana. For sure, this is the last conversation we're having. Okay. For sure. Uh, next time, let me let me buy you guys dinner. We talk about Biashara. We see, <laughs> we see where, to, where to take this. this Maybe thing. one day we'll be doing YouTube. Yeah, we'll just do it on the road. Amen to that. Yes. Amen. <laughs> okay. So, so you. see you. you next week, guys, and have a good one. Thank you.